0: Peace and tranquility in the Middle East, as the ancient enemies seemingly abandoned their hostilities, an unprecedented moratorium that is ultimately short-lived. The Church of these coming days will have recognized all is not as it seems, calling on the nations to take a time out while, while becoming the brunt of considerable backlash and persecution. Believers, who are familiar with the prophetic scriptures, are aware a great abomination is about to take place, and Jacob's trouble must soon erupt. Hi everyone, I'm Bill Nordstrom, and I welcome you to the program today. Well, I have a question for you. Has history ever shown us anything like this since antiquity? A people taken into Babylonian captivity— released 70 years later and encouraged to rebuild their city and put their religious system back in place. 500 years later, subject to mass murder in 70 A.D., scattered throughout the nations for nearly 2,000 years, simultaneously birthing ideologies that would permeate the nations throughout the world subject to inquisitions, pogroms, and finally corralled into concentration camps, of whom six million were murdered. Only to return to their ancient land within ten years, given recognition and statehood by the international community, resurrect an ancient language, create irrigation systems, bountiful crops, modern cities, eventually control their ancient capital of Jerusalem. Any people whatsoever... None other than those whom God spoke and the prophets wrote. We've discussed the future deception, peace agreement that will put Israel at ease and pave the way for temple sacrifices, apostasy among the nations, and the emergence of a man of sin, all leading to an abomination and to a catastrophic trouble for the covenant nation that will usher in the return of the Lord. Even before explanations of the what-when of the Great Tribulation, its duration, meaning, and purpose, Jesus warns of a coming deception that will, if possible, deceive even the very elect. I can't think of a better place to begin a discussion of the abomination of desolation that marks the beginning of the Great Tribulation than the very location the Son of God made it clear to start. It's true Jesus read and referred to the scriptures on many occasions, but I'd be hard-pressed to find a place where he was more emphatic on where we should go to understand these events. He commands us to go to Daniel, find that particular event, the abomination of desolation, and be mindful we understand what we read. This is Jesus in Matthew 24, starting at verse 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down and take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days, and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. Jesus knew this event would be the end times understanding necessary for the church to proclaim to Israel and the nations a timing indicator that would result in a global evangelization of an untold number saved out of the Great Tribulation, the end-time mandate to the Church. Listen to Daniel chapter 11. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he, the Antichrist, shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong, carry out great exploits, and those of the people who understand shall instruct many. These are not tribulation saints remaining on the earth after a secret rapture seven years earlier, a body left on their own to navigate the confusing days without a church that's knowledgeable of the word of God who are strong, walking in signs and wonders, and providing valuable spiritual instruction. Here's the angel speaking to Daniel of that tribulation church. Daniel chapter 12, starting verse 3. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. There are hundreds of thousands being saved in the tribulation, perhaps millions through the voice of the church. Listen to what Daniel hears in verse 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Now, that last statement, can often be a bit confusing. This is not about seeing how fast people can get from one place to another in a crisis. Rather, at the end, the time of the end, when the plan of God is nearly fulfilled, many shall run to and fro and listen, scrutinizing the Bible, running through every page to see what the prophets say. Here's John's take in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all the nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. Verse 13. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know... So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Folks, these are tribulation martyrs, the same who asked the fifth seal angel how long before their blood would be avenged in Revelation chapter 6. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? It's clear the Lord's mandate to go to Daniel is to understand. It's certainly unhelpful to bring our preconceived notions of what we will learn and Predetermined ideas of what we will find. Jesus said, Let the reader understand, and the Lord will provide understanding if we inquire and search diligently. Daniel set his heart to understand the most comprehensive prophetic revelation of the end of the age, just as the prophets before and after him would inquire and search diligently. Here's Peter he had some thoughts in First Peter chapter 1. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them, the prophets, was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, not to the prophets, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. Peter's talking to New Covenant believers, you and me. The abomination of desolation is mentioned four times in Daniel, and in all four places it's accompanied by the removal of the daily sacrifice, remember, that great deception initiated by the man who would soon become the Antichrist and usher in the final three and a half years of the Great Tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. The prepared church will recognize the approaching crisis. Listen to the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah 30. Now these are the words that the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. For thus says the Lord, I've heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask now and see whether a man is ever in labor with child. So why do I see every man with his hands on his loins, like a woman in labor, and all faces turned pale? Alas, for the day is great, so that none is like it. It's the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So, often in the church, we speak of the Great Tribulation, the last three and a half years of Daniel's 70th week. Even among many in the world, it's rightly viewed as a catastrophic, a global catastrophic event. But God's covenant people, Israel, is sometimes an afterthought or or left out of the discussion altogether. If we read the scriptures carefully— We see the starting point for this event is the nation of Israel itself, in particular Jerusalem. It's the time of Jacob's trouble. It's the time the Antichrist stops the recently reinstated ancient sacrifice on Temple Mount, a military invasion that will once again scatter the people among the nations. And as the prophet Ezekiel says in Ezekiel 38, Thus says the Lord God, on that day it will come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. You will say, the Antichrist, you will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you all of them riding on horses, a great company, and a a mighty army. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so the nations may know me. The prophet Zechariah in chapter 13, verse 8, And it shall come to pass... In all the land, in Israel, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left in it. I'll bring the one-third through the fire. We'll refine them as silver is refined and, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. Again, it's the time of Jacob's trouble. I believe we see three components to this crisis. First of all, it's unprecedented. It's an age-ending event. It doesn't, doesn't happen in a vacuum. Although it begins in the Middle East, the political, military, and economic impact will force the world to weigh its options. And there are none but one. Submit to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's unprecedented because it has its inception in the land of Israel, as opposed to the Inquisitions, the pogroms, and the Holocaust, which began elsewhere. And thirdly, it culminates in the salvation of all Israel. Listen to Paul in Romans eleven twenty-five through 27 "'I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion.' That blindness, in part, has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it's written. The Deliverer, that's Jesus, will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Folks, this is the second coming of Jesus Christ, the catching away of the saints, the resurrection of the Old Testament righteous, New Covenant believers, and all Israel being saved. So my question is, where is the church in this time of Jacob's trouble? In intercession, worship, and travail. And might I say, a a praying and prophesying people that will provoke rage among the nations. Fortunately, the the prayer and worship movement, dominated mostly by young adults, has taken root among the nations over the past couple decades. A body of believers who have read the prophets and will become a voice to Israel and the nations during Jacob's trouble. Matthew 24 and 25 must be read and taught as a continuum. Same time, same question, same subject. What will be the sign of your coming? And when will these things take place and the end of the age? The Church's identification with Israel does not manifest as some sweet, syrupy, sentimental Christian Zionism, but from a heart-level encounter with the Holy Spirit for such a time as this. Yes, the, the abomination of desolation will be the most explicit event to signal the tribulation, the great one. While simultaneously the most dramatic metamorphosis in a man who only recently brought peace and tranquility to the covenant people will now bring war and desolations to Israel that only ceases at the return of Jesus Christ. Jacob's trouble is an age-ending event, with clear timing indicators that will not take the remnant church by surprise. A people who know their God shall be strong, carry out great exploits, a people of understanding who shall instruct many. Well, there's much more to consider here, really consider. We, the church, must now prepare our hearts and minds To enter into the most dramatic and engaging time in human history. Yes, the church is purposed and intended to be the voice in the earth to Israel, a voice to the nations crying out, Repent, make ready for the day of the Lord. Well, we'll be considering two more critical musts in our next episode. An age-ending war must relocate from the heavens to the earth, and two witnesses must stand their watch. Hope you'll be with us. I'm Bill Nordstrom. God bless you.